You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's up and Adam for the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. It's here. It's back once again in your living rooms, in your ears, coming in through space, space and time to hit you straight up. This is your podcast for the Detroit Lions from Pride of Detroit, your source for the Detroit Lions, the Pride of Detroit PODcast, Pride of Detroit POD, PODcast podcast. That's what it is. That's how we do it. We explain this every time. I don't think it catches on. Or maybe it does. Maybe people are just need to go along with the joke a little bit more. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. Been the host from the beginning until whenever. I don't know. It's just things happen. Things happen when we put this room together. And that room also includes Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Jeremy, get in here. Hi, guys. Three weeks till the draft. We're on the road to the NFL draft, and that's it. Ryan Matthews. Back is the motherfucking rock guy. At Ryan underscore P-O-D. Ryan, what are we on the road to? We're on the road to Rumble. The Royal Rumble? Uh, we're on the road to C.J. Anderson. WrestleMania. Uh, before we we are going to talk about CJ Anderson in one second. Before we do, though, um, you want to say farewell to the AAF, or should we? You know what? Let's talk CJ Anderson first, then AAF. Let's <laughs> let's, let's let's switch these things around. We're we, this is old, warmed over news that we're going on here as we're sitting around. We've got draft talk coming later about the eternal question: Do you trade up or do you trade down? Do you trade up or do you trade down? But that's coming in a little bit. First, C.J. Anderson, the Lions have signed another running back, or actually a running back, I should say, not another. Uh, C.J. Anderson, formerly of the Rams, getting around, I would think, about $1.5 million, according to a source, for his one-year contract, uh, $200,000 signing bonus. Uh, pretty good deal for the team incentives. I think it can get up to about $3 million. Is there? And yeah, yeah, I think running back was kind of in consideration that I think we were going into the season thinking, look, carry on Johnson, a number one king of New York, king of Detroit. But after that it starts to get a little murky. I don't know how much longer you keep around. You keep thinking on uh, theoretic clearly, though, last year, his uh, style out of the backfield wasn't really being utilized too much by the Lions uh, or if it's. <laughs> Or if this is the beginning of the end of the Zach Zenner era, or as someone pointed out to me, the Zenner era never ends. 
I don't know. What what do you see as the implications on this, on the Lions running back group? And was this a good move? Well, I mean, first of all, I think it was key from the get-go that the Lions were looking to find someone behind Karyon Johnson. I mean, they, they, they like Zach Zinner, so they brought him back. And while I've been advocating, hey, it's not the end of the world if he's our number two back, it was clear that the Lions wanted to at least give him some competition from the get-go. You know, they they tried Malcolm Brown to get him on a cheap deal. But I, I think that this deal also says that they weren't willing to overspend on this position. I think last week we were talking about the price of a backup running back. And I was saying, you know, I, I don't want I don't want the Lions spending more than two, three million dollars on it or anything more than a third round draft pick. Uh, or honestly, anything more than a fourth round draft pick. I don't want them spending a, a draft pick on it in the first two days. And they went out and got a pretty good guy in CJ Anderson. Um, this isn't a guy who's going to light the world on fire. He's not going to be a thousand yard runner, even though he's done it once in his career. But at one and a half million, I think that's a great deal. CJ Anderson is coming in with a big chip on his shoulder. Um, I think he feels disrespected that he went this far into free agency without getting picked. If you just take a glance at his Twitter account, he felt a little disrespected. Um, whether it's by the Rams or anyone else. So the Lions are getting a guy who's, you know, not too old. I think he's 28. Um, they're getting a guy who's who's had proven production as, as recently as last year. And he's kind of also a, a power back, which is something I think the Lions are looking for in that number two spot. So um, I think this is just a I'm, – I'm not blown away by the signing because C.J. Anderson isn't a kind of guy that blows me away, but I think this is a very smart, very savvy signing. Does it blow you away, Ryan? Does it just flabbergast you? Um, I can't ever say that CJ Anderson has ever blown me away. Um, <laughs> but I will say that I, I do think it was a really good signing for the Lions for, for a couple of reasons. One, like Jeremy said, instead of having to you know invest draft capital into a running back kind of early on, because I think that they would have needed to do something like that in order to get um, somebody who could be complimentary to carry on Johnson, I think that that had to have been somewhat, you know, of a priority for the Lions to do in the draft uh, early on. But signing C.J. Anderson alleviates that need, and maybe you can take you can take a risk on a on a guy like later in the draft that maybe has like fallen due to injury or something like that. Maybe like Bryce Love or or, or something of the something of the sort. I know he's kind of like a darling of Lions Twitter, but I just want to say that I called that the Lions were going to sign C.J. Anderson on this podcast back when we talked about the Lions signing Malcolm Brown to an offer sheet and me saying that that's Bob Quinn's way of getting either one of two running backs from, from the Rams. So uh, by the Rams having to match that offer sheet, I don't think that they probably had the, the the room or the space to, you know, to pursue CJ Anderson. And I don't think that was a place that CJ Anderson wanted to go back to after, um, you know, them making the, them making, you know, Malcolm Brown a priority over, over CJ Anderson. He does kind of seem like the guy on Twitter right now who's like the last pick in gym class. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is like, he's a professional athlete. So I guess it's kind of different. Like, but I <laughs> right. think that, I think the analogy still applies. Like he definitely seems miffed by the fact that, you know, he's been passed over so many times when this is a guy who like from week 16 to the Super Bowl in five games, he had 488 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, he out touched Todd Gurley in the postseason. Like he had 49 touches to, to Todd Gurley's 34. And I know, you know, Todd Gurley was dealing with injuries, but like we forget like how good Todd Gurley was and how like, um, you know, how integral and how important he was to the Rams success. Well, CJ Anderson kind of slid in there and he like, you know, he kept the ship going. So like, I think that this is a, I think it's a really good signing. 
you know, for the Lions. But yeah, CJ Anderson think- also to me is like the perfect case study of how running backs don't matter that much. Because, I mean, you just look at his 2018 season. He's with the Panthers. He rushes just 24 times for 104 yards, 4.3 a pop. He, mm-hmm. he joins the Rams. They're crazy offense. They're good offensive line. They're, you know, just fan. I mean, he's also a fantastic scheme fit there. Averages seven yards to carry in the regular season. Like you said, just finishes down the stretch. Crazy good. Almost as good as Todd Gurley was going the entire season. Um, that That's why I was thrilled when, when the, the contract details came out on Friday and lines weren't spending over $2 million on this guy. So what do yeah. you think about his other, I mean, we're focusing a lot on his Rams seasons, but I mean, he's had some decent seasons before with uh, Denver. Denver, Brown, Denver yeah. as well. Yeah, sorry, I'm swallowing something here. Uh, I mean, granted though, I, the production he had like in 2017 was what kind of stood out to me the most, you know, about uh, 1,200 yards from uh, yards from scrimmage. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that that's also the benefit here is he has starter experience. Um, outside of that year where he started all 16 games, he started about 20 elsewhere. So um, we, we all know about Kerryon Johnson's uh, durability issues, I guess. I don't I don't quite buy into them quite yet, but uh, it, it's something to that the Lions obviously have to consider. And having C.J. Anderson there as a potential starter is nice. And then you can have Zach Zenner as a backup, as, as a number two role, which he uh, clearly fits the best, I think, for Zenner. Well, here, here's the interesting thing, I think, about this too, though, is I, I don't know like what this does for Theo Riddick. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if, if you thought that he had a marginal role last season, like imagine, like, imagine like what Theo Riddick is going to be doing this season. I mean... Well, it's no different, of- right? Because I think C.J. Anderson is what they had hoped was going to happen with Garrett, Garrett Blunt. Yeah, and I mean, if <laughs> I guess I want to like alleviate any concerns that maybe Lions fans might have that C.J. Anderson might be a retread of what happened with Garrett Blunt. Like that's not going to be the case at all. I don't think. Like, let's hope not. Yeah, I mean, all all goodwill to like Garrett Blunt, but like maybe like. Maybe this might be a case study like CJ Anderson, like last year, like you said, like with Carolina, he only got 24 rushing attempts. And I mean, that was a backfield that was like strictly like the Christian, you know, the Christian McCaffrey show. Right. But like, I mean, he still managed to like run for over, I think it was like 4.3 yards per carry. Um, you know, he only had 24 attempts in like 10 weeks or whatever. Um, but I, the the thing with LeGarrette Blunt, it just seemed like he couldn't ever establish any like consistency. Yep. You know, like getting like a certain amount of attempts per game. Like, is that going to be a, pr- I don't think that'll be a problem for CJ Anderson here. I mean, he's a younger guy. He's only 28. He, he hasn't really like, he doesn't have a whole lot of like wear and tear on him. Um, just because I think like he was always part of like backfields that had other guys in, in it too. But the yeah. thing that I think about when I, when I, when I look at like CJ Anderson, um, especially on pro football focus, like he's always a really highly graded pass blocker. Yeah. Like, I mean, like almost every season except for last year where he bounced around between, you know, Carolina and L.A. Um, but it was mostly like his Carolina, his time with Carolina, he didn't grade very well as a pass blocker. But like every year, like over like close to like 80 for like a pass blocking grade. So, I mean, like if that's the role that like maybe you think like Theo Riddick's going to fill as like, uh, you know, a pass catcher or things like that, like. I'm not I'm not really sure on like where Theo Riddick fits into the Lions plans. Like, I'm not sure why he's still on the roster it's it's tough but i i don't mind having the depth there and i know a lot of people will point to 
this Riddick's cap hit at what is it? I think it's four point six million or something like that, which is actually more than likely CJ Anderson, Carry on Johnson, and Zach Center combined. But I just I don't mind having the depth there because I mean you saw what happened last year when well actually Zach Center played kind of well in in relief, but beyond that the Lions just basically didn't have anything once once Carry on was out of out of the picture there. Mm-hmm. Um. You bring up a good point, though. Anderson's that good pass blocker, and he suddenly becomes kind of a third down option. I'm just not quite of the belief where I think a lot of Lions fans are with Theoretic that think he's done. You know, his elusiveness is gone. His pass catching abilities is gone. His chemistry with Matt Stafford is gone. I think they just had a down year last year. I don't know what, I mean, everyone was, right? Like, no one was playing at their best last year. Theoretic is part of that. Matthew Stafford is part of that. I would argue even Marvin Jones was part of that. Um, we we just kind of have to wait and see because uh, as we've mentioned plenty of times on this podcast before, the biggest unknown in this whole team is their offense. We don't know what their identity is going to be. We don't know if Matthew Stafford's going to back at, back you know bounce back. Uh, everything is just kind of up for grabs. And and right now the Lions are in fine cap position in twenty eighteen in twenty nineteen. They don't need to to clear out that theoretic cap space. So why not just keep the depth? I mean, you're saving everywhere everywhere else in, at running back. So if you have to overpay a little bit to keep theoretic's depth then do it. Why not? I, I guess when I just, when I, when I look at theoretic, I don't see a running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we've always kind of used him more as a, just a catching threat too. Like every time it's come to like when there's, there was injuries that one year and he just had to, he was like the main back out of the field to carry, to carry for a rushing attempt. It never went anywhere. Right. But so, but doesn't it excite you a little bit? We got a new offensive quarter coordinator. Maybe, just maybe, we see Carrion out there with Theoretic split back for once. Maybe we don't get good things. You're never gonna get what you want, Jeremy. I speaking it. speaking of not getting what you want, uh, this week in in capitalism ruins good things again. Uh, the AAF got shuttered. Okay, let's not, let's not say that the AAF was a good thing, but like I agree with your principle. <laughs> well, I, I, okay, but I've been on this kick for a long time that football, to be successful and to have a healthy pool of talent for a long time needs a farm system. And the AAF wasn't great, but it also, it was a farm system that also wasn't like baseball's farm system in that like holy crap it actually paid these guys decently enough to play a sport so i don't long story short so what what happened is thomas dundon the carolina hurricanes owner nhl carolina hurricanes came in and if i remember correctly ryan there was something like what a 275 million payroll that wasn't being filled <laughs> yeah in week uh, 1 so- in week in week one, because all these all these owners bought in and then immediately went skin flint. Dundon put up the money for it. So, and then the AAF did the unthinkable, and I'll explain why that's unthinkable in a second. Is that they just made Dundon the commit the like the owner, the commissioner of this sport of of the a of the league, the AAF. So right off the bat, immediately gets control because he's the richest guy in the room. Dundon a few weeks ago starts feuding vocally with the NFL and the NFL Players Association. More weird on the side of the Players Association because he was basically saying, hey, send me more of your crap players to my league. Or else I'm going to fold this league. 
Uh, nothing happened <laughs> as as it should have been. And then a few, and then this week with two weeks to go, this was a ten week league with two weeks to go. He just out of the blue decides to fold the league. So many players left stranded. Their hotel rooms were suddenly not paid for. Their rides, but no one was giving them pl- tickets or rides back home uh, from whatever place they were playing in at the time. And it became a huge mess, as always. And uh, yeah, suddenly, once again, what looked like a promising thing about two months ago is, is now dead, completely and utterly, rem- remorselessly dead. Killed without even the uh, wills of Bill, po- of Bill Pullian and uh, Charlie Ebersole, the two who actually started the AAF. Yeah, it's... It's sad, and, and it's really sad for the players. You hear those stories of them just being stranded, or the 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 players that got injured playing in the AF, not having you know a training facility to to get treatment anymore. All those things are just terrible. And I mean, Tom Dundon obviously comes out looking the worst, but the AAF in general looks really bad in its inception. It really seems like they rushed this along, um, not having enough funding. To, to pay out paychecks in week one, according to some reports, which led to the whole Tom Dundon coming in, you know, white knighting with his $275 million and becoming a majority owner. And and when you have one guy who hasn't really shown commitment to the league like that in control of everything, yes, yeah, something like this is going to happen, it's which exactly is why, what happened. <laughs> and it's why the XFL is set up to potentially succeed is because Vince McMahon is funding the whole damn thing and he's a hundred percent behind it. Uh, Ryan, I, I mean, Ryan, you and I, we know Vince pretty well. Like, I don't know, like that's a whim that could change pretty quickly. It is, but like, he's not going to, he's not going to do what the AAF did and two weeks away from being at the end of the regular season, just fold it. He's, he's smart enough not to fight with the NFL. I think like I was, uh, this is almost 30, like over 30 some years to the date where you mentioned Dundon, you know, you know, I, I mentioned it, you mentioned it. The reason why you never want to give this over to one person is because that one person tends to be a greedy little billionaire who has never done anything right in his life. Just look to the USFL. Look who killed the USFL. It was Donald Trump. Not getting political here. He's an idiot, though. He's an idiot businessman. Okay. I'm sorry he's your president. That suddenly makes it political, but he's an idiot businessman who picked a fight with the NFL and got his league built. Yeah. But I, I mean, think it, it does bring up an interesting point. Ryan, sorry, go on with your No, point. no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just I was going to transition this to talking about because now all eyes turn to the XFL. And as I said, like Vince is in a, is a weird creature to really suddenly put this uh to him and i don't know what this is going to even look like now yeah i don't even know if the aaf can be uh an example or like a case study in whether or not or you know a litmus test on whether or not the xfl is going to be successful um i don't i don't know if i think vince in his mind he's just competitive by nature so like i think he's gonna try to spit in the wind you know what i mean like he's definitely gonna try to like he's He's going to try to outmatch the NFL and like, it's not going to work like <laughs> any, any league that tries to do that. Like it's, it's not going to work. But then I, even then, like, I don't think the AAF, I don't think that was their goal. Like they wanted to be like, didn't, didn't like, 
Didn't they want to be like a developmental league? Yeah, and they like, did. They did like that. That was the shocking thing is that everything they were saying on the ground level looked fine. And I thought everything was fine in spite of their bad ratings until suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we are like sh- three, 300 million short. And I'm like, wait a minute. You had a bunch of people buying into this league. What happened? Did everyone just like say they were going like this is this is when he, no, you're you're getting you're pooling money together for a gift, and all of a sudden, everyone just suddenly welshes. At right. Once. If if the XFL is smart, they're going to take the same route that the AF, AF took in that they have that goal of being the developmental league. That's the smart way to go, because in in a very small sense, it was kind of successful in its short run at that. Like five AF guys have already been signed to to an NFL team, and it. That that's I mean that's a great way for fans to get engaged too because like okay cool now we got this new guy that we don't really remember let's go watch let's go back and watch some X, 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 uh, well XFL stuff or AF stuff or whatever it is and as Isn't things funny, continue though? to roll like that like suddenly you're going to be paying more and more attention to the XFL it's obviously not going to happen in one season which is why Dundon's decision to be like hey you better get in line NFLPA right now or I'm out it's like have a little more patience <laughs> than that. Uh, billionaires have no patience isn't this funny though because i asked you we had mailbags several times throughout the lifespan of the aaf where people asked us hey do you see anyone the aaf jumping up to the nfl and every time i would bring this question up everyone else would be like no not really no there's no one good there but isn't it funny then when this thing folds and the chips are suddenly on the table people are then suddenly willing to go out and sign aaf players I mean, Bob Quinn made it clear as day that they were going to be scouting it, and they they were, and so were clearly other teams. Lions haven't signed a guy yet, but yeah. it could still be coming. And uh, I just, I mean, it's so valuable for players like that to get tape out there, especially when no one else, like no other players, are getting tape out there. Guys that are on the, you know, signed futures deals back in January, but didn't sign with an AAF team, they don't have anything else to boost their resume right now. And so well, that's it, what it's, I, that's it's what valuable saying. to like, the players. It's I, obviously a risk, an injury risk for some players, but. For, for players that are just kind of on their last leg, not sure if they're ever going to make an NFL roster again, it's a risk worth taking. And not even that, again, it, it puts their skills to a use. It gives them a career. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I... Even if, I, yeah, I just, even I'm not, if the just NFL got mad, isn't I just got mad at, like, all these, like, Twitter scouts talking, talking down about this or saying no one's good's going to come out of here because it just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, this is about the health of the, of the goddamn sport. And if there isn't a place for second-tier football players to go without going north of the border, sorry, John. Sorry, John, about your CFL. Without going <laughs> north of the border, if there isn't a second-tier American football league, then what the hell is this sport? What but the hell is this sport? Here's like, the problem, though. I don't think you can sell the AAF or the XFL as a separate entity, as, as a second league, as something that you should get excited about and root for your team. I think right. you have to sell it as, as a developmental league. I really do. I think you have to sell like, it as, hey, these no are the guys of the future in the NFL. And right. even if that's, if that's, I mean, that's not how true, baseball works too. Like that's yeah. the thing with, with minor league baseball. You are not putting 15,000 people in the seats of a triple A or a double A baseball game. Or even a major not. league baseball game in some of these cities. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I was going a little high. I almost said 10,000, but I can't remember. I think, actually, no, that's right. I can't even think of a minor league baseball stadium that even has 10,000 seats. Like, they understand the realities of it is like, it's, it, I mean, granted, for a lot of those things, triple uh, A teams, those are kind of smaller towns too. Although triple A, sometimes bigger, but y- you know what I mean, though, right? 
like it's I, I think you're exactly right though, Jeremy. Like you can't a lot of people kind of including us went off the bat when the AAF uh put out those good numbers on week one, then they kind of settled down into week two and everyone starts slagging off in the AF. And again, like the ratings were a bonus, but they weren't the reason. Yep. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. But I, I think, I think the other thing too is like the reality of the situation is that anybody who, anybody who believed in the AF had to believe that like that league, like you're going to like, you're going to lose money. Like the first, like, yeah, it's an investment. Like, yeah, like this is a long-term thing. And that's what makes me somewhat, somewhat optimistic about the XFL though, is that like Vince is an old man. Like he's an old man. I know he might be a lizard person and he might outlive us all, including the sun. But like, I think that he's like, I mean, just the other day, like I, I saw like he sold around like $270 million worth of stock so that he could pump it into the XFL. Like, I don't okay. like, he's not, he's not kidding around. Like, oh, no. yeah, like he's, he's, he's going to do this the right way. I mean, he did it the very, very wrong way. Like, I mean, like the XFL in 2001 can kind of be seen as maybe a little bit analogous to what happened here with the AAF, but like, you know, even a, a bigger implosion, but like that was a different one. I think that was a different case because he was intending on making it as a competitive product to the NFL. Yeah. Whereas the AF, I mean, do you remember in, his press conference like a year ago? Where I was going to bring up the press conference, following too. that same path. Where he's, he did, certainly didn't sound like he was making an NFL developmental league. But now that the AAF is out of the way, maybe he, maybe he changes its path. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting to see. We're way overdue for a break. Let's take this break. When we come back, we got to talk about the NFL draft. Uh, do we trade up or do we trade down? The eternal question: Do you trade up or do you trade down? We will be right back on Friday Detroit Podcast. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I'm sorry if I'm sniveling into the mic a little bit. It's tail end of the cold. Uh, It's that season, folks. It's measles. It's measles season for, for Michigan as well, apparently. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hey, man, guess what? You keep all these people going about their anti-vaccinations. Y'all enjoy that shit. It's going to be great. 
where do you even go on this one? Do you trade up or do you trade down? There's like, you know, there's those are the only two options. There's literally nothing else you can do. You can trade up and reach for glory. You can trade down and reap a whirlwind of, of wealth that only you can see. That is totally not trash. Only you can see the wealth. And it's totally going to be there. Do you trade up or do you trade down? This question has haunted philosophers of this football league for generations. And now in this age of everyone sitting on Twitter thinking that they can make it as a commentator, analyst, and or scout, they are all giving their opinions. Do you trade up or do you trade down? And now it's here. With three weeks to go for the draft. Trade Are you up, done? Trade Are you done down. yet? I am absolutely not done. I will I could go on for fifty minutes like this. I absolutely know you could. I could, except my, my throat would probably get raspy. I, there's there's <laughs> this is the kind of things we have to do to keep ourselves entertained about the draft. We keep making mock we did the mock draft last week. We've got something coming out in SB Nation here for the community mock draft. All this stuff's in, in vogue. So we have to ask the question. And I will ask it to Ryan and Jeremy. Do you trade up or do you trade down? Jeremy, you have the floor first. Well, okay, let me let me frame this conversation first. No. And I, I well, I'm going to, so <laughs> too bad. Uh I, I think the reason why we're talking about this today is because Bob Quinn went on Ian Rappaport's podcast, basically said, like, hey, I would love to trade down in the first round, which is a v- super weird thing for a GM to just come out and say especially one as secretive as Bob Quinn, but like he, like he, he didn't beat around the bush at all. Like in previous years, he said, I like trading down. I like getting more picks, but he was like very specific here. He said, so if I can move back a little bit, a couple spots, can pick up another pick. I like the depth in the draft really from the late first to the third, really great draft. There's a lot of good players there. So if we could ever move back a few spots, get a really good player in the first round and add another pick, I think that's something that be, would be great. And then he finishes by saying, people out there listening, I'm open for business. It's just like, wow, this is a super weird out of character thing for you to say. I don't believe a word of what you're saying. Yeah. How many, how many general managers are listening to the, to the Ian Rappaport podcast? <laughs> that's, that's also a very good question. But at the no, same no, no, no. That's a genuine. It's a genuine question. I, I yeah. want to know, general managers, if you are listening to the Pride of Detroit POD cast, yes. tell us. Tell us one eight hundred nine seven nine seven nine seven. It send us a phone call. Let us know. Are you listening to the Ian Rappaport <laughs> podcast? Let the Pride of Detroit POD cast know if you are listening to the Ian Rappaport podcast. <laughs> but but at the same time, like what he's saying is right. Like this is why every single fan is like, please trade down. I want more picks. These are all lottery picks. Who knows what's going to happen? Just get more, and maybe we'll actually win. Um, and then you look at the Patriots, and obviously they they love to trade down too. So it's like, why are you being so open about this if it is true? And if it is true, or if it isn't true, like why are you even saying anything? I don't know. It's so weird to me. But to bring it all back, like he is kind of right about what he said too. Specifically, like the depth in this in this draft is is really low first round to to early to mid third round and the more picks lines can get there the better because they only have two really that third round pick that they have is late they go from what i think it's 43 to 88 that's 45 players that are going to be picked between their second and third round pick i would love to see them pick up another pick somewhere in that range so if it meant trading down from 5 to 4 or 8 to 14 love it 
And you can get a second rounder at that though. Like that's, that's the thing. That's every time I hear this kind of stuff, people assume it's like, Oh yeah, you will totally get exactly what we need for this value. And instead it's like, I don't know, Ryan, I I don't even know where I was going with my point. Was there an, yeah, you can't always get what you want, Uh, but like, uh um, am I supposed to answer the original question? Yes. Do you trade up or do you trade down? Good. I just wanted you to pose that again for the listeners. Um, <laughs> obviously, it's trade down. Like it, it just goes. It just goes in line with like everything. Like Jeremy was saying, like I'm all about lottery tickets. I'm all about chances. I'm all about getting as many opportunities as you can to to get players. The the more players you draft, the the greater likelihood that you're going to get some that pan out versus only having a finite amount of picks. So. Uh, it's there's other things that go in with it too, though. Like, I mean, isn't it, isn't there something in the CBA for like the rookie contracts, like the fifth year option for a top 10 pick? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, it's like a little bit pricier. I, yeah, I believe that's well, true. Yeah. Once you fall out of the top 10. So, I mean, like there's another incentive to trade back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think in general, like, and I, I know Ken talked about this in our Slack room, but like this draft isn't very good. <laughs> Overall, I don't know if I, I agree with that. I don't. I, I. I. I don't think at the top. Like I don't think that there are a lot of guys that like blow me away. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I. I don't think it's top heavy. Like there's some depth to it for sure, and there's some positions where you know the Lions can really stand to upgrade, like tight end and things like that. Yeah. And I. 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 I get your point, Jeremy, that you've kind of been thumping, you know, on Twitter, on the podcast, you know, in the Slack room, like the idea that like you know, drafting a guy quote unquote too high, like that, that type of like just logic doesn't really make sense because if he's good, draft him, he'll be good. Right. right. You know what I mean? It, it, regardless of where you draft him, it, that, that, that point is irrelevant. Um, if you get a good player, uh, but by those same means, like, I think that there is like some depth to the draft, even though like, I don't think it's like, very good like overall and we'll probably look back at this draft and be like eh, it's okay draft like a few good players here and there but like um and there's going to be some contributors too it's just i don't think it's very top heavy like i don't think that this is necessarily a good year to have like a top 10 pick so i yeah. think that's why i want to see the lions trade down okay but okay before we move into trading up talk we, i mean we have to address the obvious like in order to trade down you need someone willing to trade up who's mm-hmm. out there what what team do you think is realistically eyeing that number eight pick and is like hmm maybe maybe i give the lions a call because i mean the one rumor that's already been out there is if ed oliver's there at eight then the falcons are going to come calling um they obviously do need have a big need at defensive tackle the defensive tackle depth in this draft is not very good so if Quint, once quinn and williams and ed oliver is gone there's a pretty big drop off i would say mm-hmm. uh so that that's one possibility. Do you guys see any other possibilities of, of a team giving the Lions a call? Because it takes two to tango. You need someone to trade up in order to trade down. Trade down. Thank you. Now you're getting into the mood of it. Yes. Um, oh, man. Who, who's I, I? I'm trying to even think who would even be out there because that's the thing, too. Like, eight's kind of an untenable position because... If you're trading up to eight, that's almost, I, I think if someone decided they want to trade up to eight, that would have to be a day of decision, right? Well, I think the way usually these kind of trades work out is that teams have a deal in place contingent on the player being there. 
So like now I'm sure they, they, they may have deals with certain teams saying like, Hey, you know, maybe maybe the Lions and the Falcons do have a deal in place saying if Ed Oliver is there, we're going to give you a call. We're going to finalize the details and, and it'll get done. So I, I think that's, that's in general, how, how the draft works. Um, but I, I guess I would say is maybe the one scenario is if someone falls in love with a quarterback that isn't uh, Kyler Murray, because it sounds like Kyler Murray is going number one overall. But what what sort of teams might be jumping? The Bengals, maybe. At, at, what are they at? Eleven. They're at eleven. Maybe the Dolphins because they traded Tannehill this sure. offseason. They could be looking for a quarterback. Um, maybe Washington might be, even mm-hmm. though you know. Even though they got Case Keenum, I don't think he's necessarily going to be the answer, right? Yeah. Um, or I don't know. Do the New York Giants move up? Well, they they already have what the fifth pick, right? Uh, no, Tampa has that pick. They have the sixth pick. Sixth pick, sixth pick. Um, but but I they don't have know. a second. They, Dave for... Gettleman is their GM. That's all I'm True. saying. True. <laughs> you could, you could be trying to trade up from six to eight. <laughs> That's that's just an. Yeah, you could be you could be trying to do that. That's another thing that you always have to keep in consideration, though, right? Like you just have to like yes, like you can look at teams and teams' needs and things like that. But then at the end of the day, you have to consider like okay, like who are the you know who are the hooligans that are running these teams? You know what I mean? But I mean, and and their temperaments. I've looked a little bit around SB Nation and some of the other team blogs. They're a little more quarterback hungry than you think, and maybe that's just fans being fans. You know, teams in there are fans in Detroit that are quarterback well, hungry just, right I now. I think it's too, the so. state of the league. I think it's the state of the league. Yeah, everyone's kind of quarterback hungry. A lot of the great ones are starting to. Um, a lot of the top ones are starting to age out, and some of the teams who need quarterbacks are starting to feel it more and more. As but I think as we've pointed out throughout this off season, this ain't the draft to do it. True. So but, I'm curious. But the allure of getting, I mean, yeah, exactly. A, a young rookie quarterback on a rookie deal might be too much for some of these GMs to pass up. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely going to be people who take quarterbacks. But I'm just saying, like, consensus was earlier on too. This wasn't a great quarterback class. Next one's going to be uh, greater. Means that I think a lot of the trade potential is going to come from whether or not teams, like as you say, if they keep their cool or if they just go a straight bite right for the apple for for a quarterback. Right. It's going to change the it's going to change the top ten dramatically depending on what happens in that regard. In in terms of job security, this league is far too volatile for any GM or coach to not ask the prettiest girl at the dance to dance with them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like you know exactly. So I mean, like I don't know. I, I feel like over the past couple of years, there have been. I mean, last year's quarterback class class was like kind of like hyped up just because they had some big names with like Darnold and Rosen and Allen and, you know, Lamar Jackson. And, you know, there are quite a few, you know, big name players, but like, even though this year doesn't, you know, match up to last year's, or it doesn't even seem like it's going to match up to like, you know, next year's, but when we come around to next year's, we're going to have, we're probably going to have the same discussion where it's like, Oh, you know, it's not really didn't turn out to like what we think it was going to be. Yeah. Maybe the shine goes off of Tua Tavagaloa and suddenly no one's interested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or Justin Herbert or whatever from, you know, Oregon or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever hot name at the end of the season that decided to go back to school for another year or had to stay in school and continue to put their body on the line for zero compensation. Uh, 
you know, I just think that the I think that there's too much pressure on teams to get a quarterback because, like you said, it's such a quarterback hungry league. Like I think that you try to you try to just get a guy that's gonna work out for you, like as soon as possible. Like if you have the chance, then you make it happen. Well, this kind of leads into now that we've only got a few minutes left, which is exactly where I think all the trade up conversation is gonna go. I guess I guess the only thing I could ask when doing the trade up part of this equation though is like what would it take for some for one of y'all to say like Lions should trade up? What like what would be the scenario? Would would it be any specific position? Would it be a specific player? It doesn't even need to be this year, I guess. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about this year specifically because yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to talk about trade up scenarios is because uh, Chris Burke over at the Athletic threw together a, a, a piece where he had three different trade up scenarios, and I was I I absolutely abhor the idea of trading up, but uh, he put out some interesting scenarios in which I might be okay with. One is that they're not trading up from eight to higher. One is that they're trading up from the second round up into the first round again. So they grab Brian Burns at eight. They trade up using a future third rounder, so basically a, 20, a 2020 third rounder. But how dare you, future draft capital? What are you doing losing that? Right. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, it worked, it worked well last year. And <laughs> I'm being getting an idiot, to Sean Hand. I know, I know you're being facetious, but I Same mean, right. just, just seeing that the Lions getting Brian Burns and Justin Lane is their first two picks, like that almost already has me sold. Uh, of course, then he goes out and gets Tyree Jackson out of Buffalo in the third round, which ruins it for me. But um, well, I, I, the, the one thing about trading up in this draft is that they have all those late sixth and seventh round picks. So trading up in the later rounds is something that I might get behind, especially as I mentioned before, they have that big gap between their second and third round picks. If they want to go up in the third round and grab someone using maybe a couple six and a seventh, I'm all for that. Do that. Um, but trading up, it would have to be a specific person in the first, like if Quinn and Williams fell to six or something, you might be able to sell me on trading a third round pick to get him. But it, even that seems a little much. Ryan. Mm, uh, I think to, to speak to your point real quick about maybe, so like trading up and like with all those extra picks that the Lions have in the sixth and the seventh round and things like that, like I view those picks as maybe even an opportunity for the Lions to like facilitate a trade down, you know what I mean? To like trade some of those back end picks to, you know, maybe even, you know, out, get, a deal. even out a deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I guess, you know, that that's just the pendulum swinging the opposite way, but I don't, I just, I, I'll go back to my initial point. Like, I just don't think that there's, I don't think that there are a lot of top end talents that are worth trading up. Like, like you said, even Quinn and Williams, like if he's at like six or something, or maybe even five and the lions can, could, could maneuver themselves up by trading an extra third or maybe like an extra, like fifth in a following draft or something like that. And adding, adding up whatever draft capital you need to do that. Maybe just because I think he's the best player in the draft, but I don't, I don't, at the end of the day, I just don't think it's worth it. Like just let the chips fall, how they're going to fall. Yeah. the thing is trading up that high in the draft is so costly because it, uh, I mean, in one of, one of Burke's scenarios, they trade up to get at Oliver at five that costs them their, their first and their third. And so is, is at Oliver worth potentially an extra starter that you could have gotten there in the third round? 
I don't think so. Personally, over the guys that you over Brian Burns that you can probably get there at eight. I don't think so. I don't think that makes sense. And not for not for the Lions and the and the situation that they're in right now, right? I, I think they've set themselves up pretty well to kind of just take the best player available, like right. in in a, yeah. in you know in the first three rounds. So I mean, if they can if they can pull that off, then I think that they're going to be in like decent shape. Here's the other thing too, though, like how you say you know trading up is just so it's so damn costly, right? Mm-hmm. The only the only position that really warrants that is quarterback. Yeah. I think in the NFL, like to 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 make those kind of trades to trade up for guys, like they have to be like truly game changing players. And I know that I'm not trying to diminish the value of any other position, but like when it comes to like investing that much draft capital, like how many teams do you see trade up to get like a player that's not a quarterback? Yeah, it has to be like, like a generation. In the draft. It, it has to be. It would other than a quarterback it have to be like a generational like receiver or a running back, and there's just not that many of those anymore. What, what I'm hearing Ryan, yeah. what I'm hearing Ryan say is that a defensive tackle like Aaron Donner could never be considered the most valuable player <laughs> oh in the NFL. God. Well, I think that's a good chance for us to just bail out of here. This was trade up or trade down, brought to you by absolutely nobody. Give us a sponsorship. Uh, we will be right back. It's mailbag time here on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. You jerk. <laughs> What? What'd I do? I no, nailed him. To Jeremy. I nailed him. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD as always to get your questions in. We were a little late getting this one out. That's all fine and dandy. Some of us are just busy with life. Some of us are just playing our Nintendo Switch. Some of us are on the road to WrestleMania. Uh, By the way, I forgot to bring this up during our AAF segment. Uh, Probably the most important development of the AAF being shut down. Do you guys know what that is? Do you know who your AAF champions are? The Orlando, I want to say Apollo. You got it right. Apollo. Yes. Plural. Do you know who their ball coach is? 
Steve Spurrier. Yeah, guy. Steve Spurrier wins again. Raises the uh, uh, the trophy. The 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 trophy. He's gonna probably thing. have to buy them a trophy. But he was even he was out there stumping as he was heading for the legs. Like, yeah, I think my guys. I think they deserve to have a title. Why not? Everyone will get sent one of those like participation medals that you get to hang around your neck. That's all the AAF can afford at this point. And everyone's just like, what are they doing? Participation trophies. That was an older, that have we, have we all like rested on the participation trophy thing? Are there people out there who are still mad about, let us know. Do you know someone in your life who is still mad about participation trophies? Let us know. Hashtag call ask POD or call, call our hotline. hotline. <laughs> 1-800-223-9797. <laughs> I, I i am legitimately curious because i remember when so many people like that was like the the cause the, the cause of the of the of the week for like all these inbred like newspaper columnists to whine about participation medals and trophies yep ryan i i noticed ryan's being very quiet and he's the one who has to sometimes deal with that kind of stuff <laughs> uh sometimes i'm just kind of like disconnected from it because i just i just hate all the rhetoric i know i hate all the rhetoric that goes around it um all the all the hand wringing that goes over like voting for like first team league and second team league and honorable mentions and all the finger pointing and finger wagging that happens it's dumb but i was more so i was just kind of wrapped up in the thought of like what orlando players should get as an award and like a trophy and I think like a gift card to a really crappy like Orlando restaurant. Like yeah, 50, somewhere somewhere like a, a gift card. I was gonna say we could send them to Disney World, but I don't think that can really make it. That's that's not good enough. No, for that's the, far too grand. That's, that's far, far too far grand too of a gesture. There's like, a place what if it's Disney World, but instead of staying on a resort on on the park, it's one of like it's it's like the merit you you basically cut costs by staying in like the Marriott down the street. <laughs> yes. Or at like the two dolphins or whatever. And the gift card can only be used on food. Like you can't use it on alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually thinking of crappy restaurants. I think there, I do. I've been to Orlando all, away from Disney. There is a pretty crappy. There, there's a decent enough Greek place. I could probably point to them. There, there's hey, a place called Disney Springs. that's right outside of Disneyland, which is like basically where people who can't afford to get into Disneyland go. So I think that would be the perfect prize. Like at the end of the perfect. AAF, at the end of week eight, I'm going to Disney Springs. <laughs> I like it. I like it a Take lot. Some questions here. Mm. Let's see. Bradley Marr asking us. We're going to take a Lions question first. That's a first for me. Is Killebrew getting cut just inevitable at this point? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's Pretty it. Close. I mean, unless he becomes a fantastic special teams or. Uh, yeah, he's done. I mean, he does play a little bit of special teams, but not. I don't think he's replaced. I don't think he's irreplaceable. <clears throat> well, to all those people who've been asking us through the years, if, is it safe to get a Killebrew jersey? Guess what? They're about to go on sale. <laughs> Perfect. Oh. Um, I think the I think that there's an outside chance that he still makes the roster, but if the Lions draft a safety, like bye bye. Bryant Smith asking us, I'm about to have a son. How do I prepare him for a lifetime of Lions fandom? So get him get vaccinated. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first off, get him vaccinated. Yes. <laughs> People um, have we- measles out here. Like this, is, this isn't a joke. Well, maybe they shouldn't get him vaccinated then. Maybe be- having measles is like being a Lions fan. So just oh, prep them early. Oh, please don't. <laughs> 
please. This is terrible. <laughs> I was going to say before we got into this vein that uh, we get this question a lot. And all I can really suggest to people is either A, let him pick his own team and don't impose your team upon him unless he starts to want to like follow along with what daddy does and everything. In which case, uh, all I can really suggest otherwise is maybe like a sports rum springer. Like, um, like a rum springer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, I have a different suggestion and like, like just, m- just like a, a month or, or like two months out of a year somewhere where he gets to like, leave and experience the modern world of sports and gets to root for whoever, whoever he wants to yeah. go try out other fandoms and see if the, the lion's lifestyle is for him after that. Here's what I would suggest. You know how some people like put headphones on the pregnant belly there and like play some Einstein. I was going to say little Einstein, but play, you know, classical music or whatever yeah, um, bo- bo- for, for yeah. the next couple weeks before the baby comes. Just put the Pride of Detroit podcast right there. Please don't. <laughs> Please absolutely do not. Yeah, I cannot accept any responsibility for <laughs> any damage that this podcast would do to a child. I can't even thing. imagine if you went and put the uh, Punta Cana episode on there, <laughs> what would happen? It's honestly one of the watershed moments of my life, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, jo- I'm not joking when I say that. It's one of my favorite memories of my lifetime. Um, <laughs> The other, the other thing too, like Chris, you said real quick, uh, you know, if, if it gets to a point where like, it's just like child mimicking and like wanting to do what like daddy does, uh, there was a point in which like that worked against me when it came to myself and my relationship with, uh, with Wally, like I would follow him along for like all these different like fandoms, like the Tigers and the Pistons and the Red Wings and the Lions. But then like when it came to college sports, like. I started to get a little adversarial at like, I, th- I want to say like maybe like nine or 10 and he was a Michigan fan. So then that's why I became a Michigan state fan. Cause I wanted to like root wow. against him in something. The dark history is revealed. Yeah. My dad never had like legit fandoms for pro sports. Like he liked the, the St. Louis Cardinals. And I guess he liked, uh, I mean, once the football St. Louis Cardinals left, he stopped caring about them. And then I guess his only football allegiance was basically to Montana. So yeah the player montana i'm not not state but yeah like so i just had to kind of find my own i don't even know like i think i blame my uncle for getting me into the tigers and then it kind of slowly went from there no it was the pistons first then he got me into the tigers then from there eventually the lions just kind of crept in because i was like oh i better have all of my teams in one place i shouldn't have done that yep should not have done that Bad decision in hindsight. Um, I mean, all the other places I live just either didn't have football teams or even good football teams either. So, I mean, yeah, in a minute. Do you know how you can prepare him to become a Lions fan? Mm-hmm. Was that? Show him, show him tape of Patrick Mahomes. Oof, oof. Well, I think that leads, on, that leads us to the next question from Rain City Roar. How early could the Lions draft a quarterback without you worrying about the team's faith in Stafford? I, I don't know if that reality will align. If the Lions take Will Greer, then I'll be super concerned Metal about Greer, Matthew. Solid. I'll be I'll be super concerned about Matthew Stafford's future. Da, 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 da. So it doesn't really matter how high they draft a quarterback; it just matters who they draft. Mm. 
I, I think that's a good point. I think it's valid, solid. What, what's your answer, Jeremy? Are we going to take a question about Stafford's future every single week? I don't know. This was creative enough. This was creative enough for me to take. No, I'm not trying to hate on the questions. Just I'm I'm sick of answering questions. I'm I'm sick of putting Stafford's future. I think for right now, Stafford is the future quarterback in the minds of the coaches and the general managers, unless he has another season like he did last year. But to answer this question. In 2019, I don't think there's a chance that the Lions draft a guy that's going to replace him in 2019. If they draft someone in the third round, then I would worry about his future. Fourth round. So, yeah, in, in line with my answers, fourth round. So, without worrying. So, yeah, same as Jeremy. So, okay. Next question. I'm sorry again, I'm shuffling into the mic. Let's see here from Chris Joe G. Who is the better athlete, OBJ or Neymar? I think OBJ. Really? You think you think OBJ could go out in there and play in the in the in League One? I wasn't. I, I thought I remember seeing like a interview where OBJ was talking about how he was going to play soccer or how he was like going to be on like the national team at like that'd be awesome. A super young. That would have been awesome if he if he was. It'd be a lot better for the U.S. men's team than him playing for the Browns. I mean, what's what's more likely, OBJ playing soccer or Neymar playing football? There's your answer. I mean, I'm trying to remember how tall Neymar is. He could be, I mean, okay, no, he's 5'9". Never mind. He really can't play. I mean, unless he's like one of those like really speedy receivers who can get separation. 5'9 is not exactly. That's always the thing, right? Like, but I mean, we're talking athlete, not who could play the other sport. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this 2015 Bleacher Report article where Odell was talking about how uh, he even described himself as a Neymar or Messi type soccer player. And <laughs> he was saying that he was so talented as a youngster that his coach was pushing him to try out for like the U S national team. But then he focused on football instead. Well, damn. I didn't and, even realize OBJ is only five eleven. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean like that's a good size for a soccer player. I feel like they tend to be yeah, a little bit yeah. smaller, those forwards, right? Strikers. Is that what they're called? I don't know. No, no, Stalker. forward. You, you forward's okay. a position as well. Like, okay. I feel like there's definitely some American bias coming in here that I, I'm probably the only person who's seen a lot of Neymar playing. No, I love the uh, Manchester Orchestra. My favorite soccer team. Just for that, man. <laughs> Just for that. I am taking this question here from Andrew Gokul. No! Are you, are you watching Mania? <gasps> I'm watching Mania and I'm betting on Mania. <laughs> Play Mania, the live game show on Game Show Network from 10 years ago that I once won $100 off of. No, I'm not watching it. It doesn't exist anymore. Chris, how can we yeah. figure out a way that we can mute Jeremy's mic remotely? Oh, I can do it from, from here. Oh, yeah. The, through, the, through the beauty of editing. Wonderful. No, 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 no. No, literally right from here on, on Uber dare. Conference, I have the ability <laughs> to mute him. Oh, Don't sick. you dare. I can mute Love you that. too. <laughs> we well, can you better mute not. Each other. <laughs> Wait, oh. really? <laughs> yeah, watch this. Start Damn talking. It. No, no. We're, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trying to record something here, and you're really going to do this. Okay. Okay, sorry. I, I let this us off on a tangent. Idea. But here's the yeah. thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to watch Mania. I'm going to enjoy Mania. I don't know if I'll watch all of it because even somebody who does enjoy the the sport of uh, professional catch wrestling like myself uh i cannot watch 12 hours of it 
just because it seems like it gets yeah, longer like, and longer and longer, and there's like a pre-show for the pre-show. Listen, yeah, I'm I'm with you there, and it's not even just that because now this entire week has been like, hey, watch as much wrestling as you can. Like, I had some friends recommending to me a bunch of uh, indie shows that always go on WrestleMania week, like oh, yeah. D- like DDT and Bloodsport and all the, all these other indie shows that are on indie wrestling TV. Like, it just it's too much now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everyone wants to get the attention that WrestleMania brings, but there's way too much of this now. It is just, it's, it's excessive. It's gluttonous. And even as Ryan says, WrestleMania itself, just the event alone is too gluttonous. Even just that plus all the WWE offerings, which would include the Hall of Fame stuff that happened on Saturday night or NXT TakeOver, which was brilliant. I actually enjoyed, that was the one thing I did get to watch was NXT TakeOver. I thought some of those matches were uh, pretty well done, I've got to say. But I, I'm with I'm with Ryan here. I can't do 12 hours of this crap. Not again. I'm I'm limiting myself severely. I have, I've, I haven't even been keeping up with kind of the weekly who's and what's of WWE anymore because it's just not in my life right now. I haven't even been watching the last few pay per views, so it's really hard for me to even catch up. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy WrestleMania as a casual fan. And that means skipping a lot of the pre show stuff because there's just there's too much. But you want you want to save yourself for the good stuff. Right, and by saving yourself for the for the good stuff, that means opening a Bovada account, making a deposit, and oh then betting God. betting on a predetermined event. I mean, this is Cody coming Dog out after wrestling. I just said that so that we could alienate all of our listeners by the end of this segment. Oh my God, two minutes where we're talking about pro wrestling is enough to alienate everyone. Oh my God. Anyway, speaking of food. Thank you for giving me my next <laughs> <Your segue laughs> launching point. Yes, we're, we're on a roll with these, with these launching points. I like this. Claire asking us, I don't know what to order from a Korean barbecue joint. Can you give me some advice? Just eat everything they put in front of you. All of the little appetizer stuff things are delicious, and you get those for free, and you get endless of them. So eat all of that, and then bulgogi all day. That's it. That's all you well, need Gabi's to know. good. I, I'll, I'll do you one better. Galbi. Galbi, the, uh, the flank and cut short ribs. Okay. Beef short ribs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those I've made my own before. Those are the best by far. They're a little messy because you got to grab them by like little kind of like bone, bone in parts and just kind of rip them from there. But like Galbi or a Bulgogi, you can't go wrong either way with either of them. I think I'm not up as much on you as you on Bulgogi, though, Jeremy, just because I'm out here in L.A. and everyone does Bulgogi like for their fusion food, right? Yeah, like it's fuck. It's true. like because of because of Roy Choi, it's like Bulgogi tacos all over the place. And I'm kind of I'm, I'm, I'm on Bulgogi uh, burnout. I've got to say it's just like if you're if you're a newcomer or you're surrounded by a bunch of newcomers. Oh, yeah. Bulgogi no, is the safest yeah. bet. It's, I mean that's that the, that is the 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 axis by which the rest of Korean barbecue turns for sure. Yeah. I noticed, Jer- uh, Ryan, you have any advice on Korean barbecue? I think I've only been to a Korean barbecue joint once. Yeah, really? I don't know of any in Michigan. If if there are people to know of a good Korean barbecue place in Michigan, please let me know on Twitter or on our private trade. Good bar- stuff. Post. It's good stuff. Know. I'll say if you're going to go to a Korean barbecue joint, like, and it's one of those, it it always depends, right? Because I think the the stereotypical one is the one where you like cook your own food at the at the table. Like if you're going to do that, go with someone who at least knows how to cook and insist that they are the ones who or, or if you know how to cook, insist that you are the one 
to cook all the meats because I went with friends some one time in Vancouver and they tried to cook their own meats and nearly everyone got sick because they did not <laughs> leave it on the grill long enough. Like that saving lives out here. Get vaccinated, cook your meat. Yep. Cook your meat long enough. And listen to the Pride of Detroit podcast with your unborn babies. What an odd, odd podcast this has been. Um, one last question here. We're, we're way over time, but I need to take this. Um, actually, two more. I like both of these. So let's start with Randy Charbonneau. If you draft a guy and he makes the Pro Bowl, that's a win. If you draft a guy and he's cut before training camp ends, that's a miss. What? Where is the line between a win and a miss? Well, oh, that's... I that's mean, if tough. you're cutting a guy before his first training, training camp, that is like a nuclear apocalypse. But, but I guess that depends on the round. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the one unknown factor here is the round because <clears throat> one thing I was going to mention in the trade-up scenarios we were talking about earlier is I'll trade up using any of those six and seventh round picks because I think they're trash. Like I, I think people overvalue six and seventh round picks and you know, everyone wrings their hands about getting all these compensatory picks in the sixth and seventh round. That's just trade fodder to me because you are taking really long shot odds at landing anyone who's going to really contribute even on special teams at some point in the sixth and seventh round. So um, with those, I would say even if they don't make the, the roster in your first year, that's not necessarily a loss, especially if they make your, your uh, practice squad team. But if you're talking like, let's, let's stick to just day one, day two guys. I would say if you don't get at least two years of rotational, like let's say 30 to 40% of snaps out of your guy in, in his first contract, if you don't get at least two years out of those four years, then it's a loss. Okay, great. Got no real way. Uh, Good question. I have no real way to end this podcast. So goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Brian Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you, Star Side. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.